I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everyone, and mm-hmm. by everyone, I mean Tim. It's me. It's I me. I like that. I like an it's me through an exhale. Suggests a man who is here, but there's something just beneath the surface that we don't know about. Yeah, I smacked my head on a branch. I haven't done that in years. I walked into a tree. Can I ask you a very important question? Like an hour ago. Were you wearing a hat? No. Oh, man. Well, you've got no sometimes, one to blame but yourself. Sometimes wearing a hat is, oh, I see what you're saying, because it adds like that extra couple inches on the front that you don't generally account for with your body. I've had two major uh, head bangs that drew blood, significant blood in one instance, um, from wearing a hat. Uh, was it from wearing a hat or was it from being Guy Montgomery versus a tree? Uh, it was because I what I did is I strapped knives to the hat. So it was from wearing the actual hat. Mm. No, it was for me being myself. A knife hat. No, hold yeah. on. Let's pursue this. <laughs> okay, Guy Montgomery okay, was in the heart of Australia and he remembered a flashback as a boy when he had seen those old jokers sitting out on porches overlooking their vast Australian estates. They're probably taken from some indigenous people at some point. Definitely. And they're wearing those hats with corks on them to brush the flies away. But Guy was like, flies aren't the problem in Australia. Those big poisonous spiders are. And you know what's more powerful than a cork? Heaps of knives. Do you know why? So you know, actually, that's, that was an unexpected byproduct. The real reason I taped all these little knives to my hats was um, I was tired of putting whole pieces of fruit up to my mouth and having to eat fruit whole. And I thought there's mm-hmm. got to be a way that I can slice this fruit hands-free on the way to my mouth. So it maintains all of the freshness of an unpeeled or unopened fruit Whoa. for as long as possible. Whoa. So would, yeah. That's crazy to think about. That is the freshest fruit you could get. The freshest sliced fruit is by putting knives on a hat just in front of your mouth. You better believe it. And you, you know don't what, have to go- nature, but you know how to get even fresher than that? Nature's knives, aka your teeth. Oh, so you'd think, but I'm not going to remove my teeth and put them onto a hat. 
I'd much oh, rather. Gross. Keep... Yeah, no, no, no. I wasn't suggesting that. It feels like you moment. were. No, I'm going to keep my teeth in my mouth. Thanks, Tim. And I will begrudgingly accept that fact about you. <laughs> Welcome to the friend zone, everybody. These are our in between episodes of the worst idea of all time, starring stars of the podcast Airwaves. Guy Alexander Halifax Montgomery, born on the 29th of September, 1988, I think. Holy shit. My God, he's done it. And uh, your boy, Tim Bat, age, unknown, middle name, unknown. He's a mysterious philanderer. Yeah, I actually, I did a, um, I did a podcast with a man in Toronto yesterday. Mm-hmm. And... Um, he t- he brought to my attention. This was after we'd finished the podcast, which is a shame because I th- I found this interesting. He he had done some sort of research and he brought to my attention this really weird website, which was like um, it's not Wikipedia, but it's like Wikipedia. It's one of those weird. You know how everything has its own Wikipedia. I think we spoke about this recently. Um, yes, it's like some weird you know like website that's purportedly for famous people, but it's got like you know, uh, education, early life or whatever. And then it's got like net worth, marital status. And under all the ones that they don't have enough data for, it says Guy Montgomery has withheld this information from the public. (laughs) (laughs) And so the whole angle is like... Guy, why will you not disclose your net worth with the public? I know. And I also have a right to know. Carefully guarding my relationship status. I just like, you know... I like the idea that until anyone's famous enough that this information's weaseled out by the media, that it's being deliberately and carefully withheld from, you know, very interested prying eyes. Honestly, there's a real deep sociological point that you could draw from that fact, um, which I will. Now, this makes some sense because it presupposes that we're living in a society, which I think we are, that takes as read everyone's main goal is to get fucking famous i hate it i hate what it's about it is vacuous it is a pursuit of something that makes zero people actually happy and um i think it's dangerous and poisoning society absolutely i mean if if, yeah it just means that we're all in an arms race for external validation it does Do do you know um God, this is insane. Who's Kissinger in, in that situation then? I'm always Henry Kissinger. You know I'm a big Kissinger oh, yeah. stan. Yes, uh, do you know who actually, what piece of media and what um, creator actually highlighted this in a very sort of uh, quite poignant and salient way is um, maybe the last decent thing he produced, but Ricky Gervais's Christmas special of extras where he's his character Andy Millman's experienced fame and then, you know, not on his terms and had it taken away from him. And uh, he appears on Celebrity Big Brother and he, he delivers a somewhat impassioned sort of, you know, like you can see Ricky Gervais threading his own, to this day, miraculously acceptable views on a certain topic through the character. But he's essentially saying like all anyone wants now is to be famous. No one's interested in the craft or no one's interested in actually creating anything. Like they skip forward to the part of the they skip forward to the part of the journey which is like I'm famous Validation. now. All yeah. they all they see themselves doing is standing on a red carpet and being photographed and everyone talking about them. They don't actually. Mm. There's no interest or like 
you know, passion for the steps or like for the, you know, fame is an unfortunate byproduct of being very good at something in yeah. an ideal world. It's, um, it's not a means to an end, but you are really collecting some top notch dudes to look up to Ricky Gervais, <laughs> Henry Kissinger, whoever's is on this illustrious list of Guy Montgomery's top hitters. Hannity. Sean or oh wait, Sean. What was um? Yeah, okay. <laughs> hey Tim, don't worry about it. <laughs> me, it's Sean. Those are my three guys, and even from lockdown, I get on a Zoom with them every Monday yeah. morning. We have a coffee, we talk over the weekend's news, and then we set our agenda for the week. It disturbs me that Henry Kissinger is still alive. <laughs> I honestly do not know who Henry Kissinger is. Once I, about every four months, I, I will send that tweet. It's quite a common tweet on my Twitter. It's just like, I cannot believe this fucking dude is still walking among us. He's got to be in his 90s. You've got to be alive, man. You've got to be. you just got to be. Can I open a file in front of you? This yeah. has been sent to us. Fuck yeah. From someone who hasn't specified whether they want their name on or off. So what does that mean they get? They get no mention. The subject line to this email is why sleep when you can sex in the city forever. And um, okay, there's an attached MP4 titled Timmy, Timmy and the guy <laughs> after midnight. I don't know what it is. I've never heard it before. Let's listen together to this. Hi, Timmy, Timmy and guy after midnight. This is Oslo, Norway writing or actually recording because I'm too tired and my arms are too too sore after a workout. So I'm hoping that either the secretaries I presume that you have or Tim's doubling skills can figure out how to get this transcribed. Um, okay, so Easter is over. And I have to go to work tomorrow. And, but I can't stop my brain from thinking about your separate watches of Sex and the City 2. And I'm trying to remember separate watches and the schemes and alternative universes your brain's made up. And it's a problem. I mean... I'm spending time in the middle of the night trying to think about the separate times you watched Sex in the City 2. I don't know if this is healthy. My questions to you are, do you often lie awake at night thinking about your separate watches of the separate movies? And trying to remember them apart from each other. What do you do then to try and stop to think about it? And if your answers are that you are healthy and you don't do this and you're okay. Then I have to ask you, do you think I need to seek professional help? A friend 
asked me the other day <laughs> if I have seen Sex in the City 2. And I just have to make something clear. I watch a lot of movies and I count them all on my account on IMDb. So I have a very good, like I keep very good track. But this is maybe the only time I had to answer a question about if I've seen a movie or not. I just had to answer, I don't know if I've seen it. It feels like I have, but I really don't know. And I'll never, f- I, I don't even know anymore if, I, if I've seen it or not. Yeah, so I have problems and it's all your fault and I can't sleep, but I love you. And I think this is so genius. I don't think you should transcribe it at all, actually. I just think you should maybe run it as a separate episode. Thank you. Don't call me by my real name. I prefer my pseudonym. Lil Apocalypse. Good night. And may you never sleep again. Fuck. <laughs> Was that like Lil Apocalypse or Little, like the sort of colloquial little? I I heard Little, like, you know, L A L, short yeah. for Little. Speaking little on behalf of um, from all, Oslo. all Norwegians, I understand. Is that a first to receive a like an audio piece of correspondence played down its in its entirety? Couldn't couldn't t- I don't I don't think well, so. Sometimes we get but songs or whatever, rare. but they usually come with a written explanation. But that like honestly, I kind of respect that style of correspondence. Um, I would love to see more of it. There's something very special about hearing from y'all in your own vo- in literally your own voice. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I I'm sorry for the I mean you little apocalypse, you, you sound exhausted. And honestly, by the end of it, it sounded like just articulating the feelings you were having and the reasons that you were still awake. Um maybe went some ways to to making you even more tired. And I, while you wish for us to never know the sweet kiss of sleep again. I, I hope you got some shut-eye because you really sounded like you needed it. Well, to the relevant questions asked, though, Guy, do you often lie awake at night thinking about our separate watches of the movies? No. The, the, uh, this, the difference is that ours is a lived experience. And, like, I can understand for someone who is quite a fastidious documenter of films that they've seen, I can understand the frustration of, you know, having a question mark hanging over one of them such as you might if you listen to the podcast and you can't remember if you have actually seen it or if you've just pieced together some sort of fever dream of a film. Um, but it doesn't – I don't think about it. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't keep me up. Um, so my, in short, the answer for me is no. What about you? Well, then the second relevant question from Little Apocalypse was um, do you think they need to seek professional help? Really – not really my question to answer, even though it was a to None of his business. Me. It's none of his business, Little Apocalypse.
I think n- not. Like you sounded lucid and only like, it, d- you know. it does. It smacks of um, sort of intrusive thoughts to me, though. With mm. maybe a little bit of uh, if, if genuinely it is keeping you up at night across multiple nights, uh, that is probably a clinical definition of of some sort of syndrome because it's interfering with your healthy life. So to that end, I don't know. If you've got um, ready access to uh, the available mental health resources in your country, fucking go for it and then send me a letter and tell me what that's like. So I'll tell you what, New Zealand ain't so hot at that. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the my takeaways are, like, I feel – um. I, I that felt there was a very sort of like uh, intimate piece of correspondence to actually hear a, a, a friend's own message, you know, articulated in real time. Was um, and this is not a slide on the written word. I guess it's just you know, as the great Ray Badrin says, "Variety is the spice girl of life." <laughs> um, I loved it. Shall I? Sh- 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 have you got anything more to say? Or shall I dip into our more traditional means Here's of correspondence? This is what I have more to say. I just took my shoes off and I feel ten times better. Oh, dude, I haven't put on shoes all day. Oh, not true. I put on a pair of Birkenstocks to walk to the coffee shop and pick up an. No shoes. You're milk in the clear. Piccolo. I uh, I got something for you. Hey, everybody! It's Guy Montgomery, and he's got something to say. <laughs> And he's got something for ya. Howdy, frosty fellas. Glad to finally be paying the boy. Hmm, singular. I wonder who's meant to get this portion of the money Me. via Patreon after a year of dedicated listening. Took me a minute to realise this, but your frustration with the works you dedicate yourself to mirrors that of professional wrestling fans. Wrestling at its best is awe-inspiring and full of stories that are simple yet incredibly moving. At its worst... It's shallow, vulgar garbage written by roided egomaniacs trying to squeeze every dime they can out of a viewer. Lifelong wrestling fans will suffer through the worst of it just to find a single shining light. All that to say, I'd love to see you two watch a year's worth of pro wrestling at its worst. The late 90s, early 2000s were a particularly bad time for both the WWE and rival promotion WCW though I'm sure there's plenty more to choose from. Excited to see what the future holds from you all. Regardless, regardless, all the best. Say my alias, Flighty Butless. Flighty Butless. Flighty Butless. A pleasure to hear from you. Truly. Um, can, I, can I play from you my favorite moment in wrestling history? Because I'm not a wrestling fan, so I only hear about the big noisy stuff. Proliferally, not a word. Okay, can I tell you that I've got in my mind something locked and loaded as a guess for what it is? What do you think? Oh, can you write it down on a sheet of a piece of paper? Yeah, I will. I'm getting a book right now. And then I'll play it. And I actually think you're fucking wrong, but tangentially close. Or not even tangentially close. I think you're close but wrong. So here we go. I'm, he's written it down. I'm going to play the clip. I walk out here every night with hustle, loyalty, respect on my sleeve. That uh, is a credo uh, I have adopted from the men and women who defend the freedom of this country.
we have caught and compromised to a permanent end, Osama bin Laden. What the fuck? <laughs> I like that. That is, there's a real artistry to the, the wording of that. What is it? We've caught and compromised, compromised to, a permanent, to a, end. a permanent end. Is that John Cena talking? Yeah. And what, it did, is. what did you think my guess was going to be? Uh, the, the John Cena prank call from that radio station. John Cena prank call. Yep. He's written it down. Yeah. I am such a Luddite or, a, you know, an ignoramus when it comes to wrestling that it's basically one of the only. Only moments I have on tap to reference when the topic comes up. There's no way I'm getting into wrestling at this point. I'm sorry. The train has left the station. We've got friends who are real into wrestling, and I I want to say that I get it. I think I get it. I understand the appeal. But it is something that you either, I think, have to be ushered into. It's like Catholicism. You've got to be brought in at a very early age or make a very – steadfast decision to like a, a very like big choice as a yeah. growing up to get on board. Yeah. I, I mean, there is like, there's an appeal in the, um, it's not, it's, it's, there's an appeal. The pageantry, the pageantry of it. The pageantry, the but also like the, 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 the part of wrestling that was highlighted to me, which is like, you know, it's actually not miles away from what I was talking about. Um, in the latest episode of the podcast with YouTube, which is like watching historic sporting events, not knowing the narrative or the outline. And actually, you know, like it's like watching an old TV show, like a soap and um, mm. getting to it, you know, like it's all in the can. None of it has any actual real life consequence to what's happening now. There's a, a beauty in the, the empty calories, I suppose, of consuming an old wrestling narrative right now. It's like, yeah, why wouldn't you? But at the same time, I'm not going to do it. It's not happening. You want to hear about wrestling? You go talk to Reese Matthewson. Tell him we sent you. That's right. Oh, here's another email that I'm reading now, and it actually comes in the form of a donation. Hey, Tim. Us, the boys. Good luck with it. My name is Sam. Hi, Sam. Mate, there was a little burp because I'm drinking a beer. My name is Sam. They, them, just sending my gratitude. If you want to read this on the friend zone, go ahead. Hi there, intimidation and guy. Uh, oh, that's good. Hi there, intimidation and gynasium. Gymnasium is it actually? It's it says gym, gymnasium. Yeah, yeah. About a year ago, I started binging your podcast right after graduating and getting my CG VFX degree. Have I read this one? With COVID, have I? It it sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. With COVID and deep fear of actually getting out there in the industry, I'm stuck as a 3D furry artist making cash doing freelance work. Yeah, I believe we've we've read this one. This was about cats. I can say with supreme confidence that we've had this one, and it it was great. Do you know how I know it was great? Because we remember it. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. Do you remember this one? Dear Gaimon and Timbar, like Timon and Pumbaa. I don't know. It's 2am. No, that's news to me. I'm trying to catch up with the backlog friend zones from last year. Uh, I'll just let you know, Guy, that this was sent on the 17th of April. And I got to the one where Guy says the bouncer in Georgia made him pay 10 bucks at the venue he was performing. Well, that made me angry enough to chuck that right back. They've donated 10 bucks. Oh, wow. Being- Being from the southern states, it bums me out that you experience that when one of our charms is supposed to be our hospitality. Mm. Mate, made this. uh, Made this negate his negative karma. I'm going to change that. May this negate his negative karma. As my nonny would say, bless his heart. You boys continue to delight and inspire me. I wish you the best of broken legs during your performances in the upcoming festivals. Love you, Elizabeth. Flora for the fourth time. I'm sorry. And then that emoji that's a smiley face, but it's got a little sweet mark there. So it's like, you know, nervously smiling. Um, Elizabeth, thank you so much. A for the donation, B for the well wishes, and uh, C for being a regular consumer of the podcast. And by regular, I don't mean ordinary, I mean repeated. I thank you for making that uh, distinguished point there at the end, Tim. I would like to say, first of all, that your well wishes, um, while not received beforehand, cosmically at least, were taken on board because from memory, Tim and I absolutely had a fucking barnstorming time at the festivals. We had a great year. We were hilarious. People came. They laughed their asses off. And um, honestly, 
It was an incredibly rewarding time. We sold well. We, we brought our A game. We were fun and funny. We were the toast of the town. And then we did a live show to determine who the best host of the podcast was. Oh. We conducted a running race in the biggest venue that you can get in New Zealand's comedy festival in front of a room of uh, paying ticket holders. And it felt like a waste of time while we were doing it. And maybe it was, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I actually and may I hasten to add because I I would I would hate to overlook this fact that Guy was crowned supreme, grand, you know unquestionable, what? eternal winner of the best host of the I'm worst. I'm going to put that time. title on ice for as long as it takes for me to actually get get to these watches because I am true. I am uh, I owe our listeners and any sadists a debt of two back to back independent, individual screenings of Sex in the City too. So our fans in Oslo, Norway, no doubt, will lose their fucking minds over the very concept of that. I, how about the – I shouldn't be pitching you stuff on the friend zone. It's such a horrible thing to do because we're recording, right? But I think you should do it as a live stream where people can only see and hear you, none of the movie, because then you get copyright I, issues. Dude, and do it for charity. I totally agree. My charity of choice – the worst idea of all time. Guy Montgomery. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I, I agree. I'd love to do that. Um, I'd love to get a streaming set up and I'd probably do it on my – oh, you can simulcast if you're smart. I don't know. Anyway, that's you a different conversation. just buy a subscription to a service called Recast and it yeah. costs like 12 bucks a month, I think. You can cancel it after the first one. People don't need to know about this. What I'm saying is it's Some, a great idea but it, to but, – But a couple people do. Okay, and we do not want to cut them out. Uh, I would also like to speak to the um, my experience in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, and the just the the like hearing that experience rearticulated back to me. It, it was undeniably it was uh, very jarring and like felt quite negative. But more than that, hearing about it now after I haven't thought about it for so long, it. There's a palpable nostalgia to remembering that, not not because of that specific incident, but because of like time and place. That was December 2019, and I was in the middle, well, not the middle, but like the opening third of driving across America with my friend Ken, and that was in Atlanta. It was the night before I flew to Austin, Texas, to do like one of the coolest things I've got to do in my career in my life, which was like I got to do a taping at uh for comedy central in the u.s and like you know i got the experience of flying to an airport and there was a person with a sign with my name on it and getting you know like a cab to a hotel where i was it was like so cool and legitimate to me and i'd forgotten i can't believe how well you timed it as well i know like that trip was and just as the gates of global travel do you know what, were do you know what i me. i also and this has reminded me of this, which is why I'm so grateful for this message. I kept a, v- a very detailed running diary or journal of like that entire drive. And I can go after this, I can go into my notes and like relive the entire experience of driving across America with my friend Ken. And so the experience was negative. The donations generous, the memories that you have sparked and like the, the fucking vivid nature of recalling that experience and what goes around it, I'm I'm incredibly grateful for. So thank you for that message. Bloody go off. I shall. I shall go off and read another message. This mm-hmm. one reads as such. New friend zone message. Greetings, O Locked Down Boys. 
Hello. I was just listening to Friends on 130, and Guy mm. mentioned how he misses the singing with other people bit of religion. This is from a few friends zones ago. Me too. I'll admit it was something I didn't realize I was into until I discovered that God was dead, buried, and considerable questions were being asked about the movements of certain existential philosophers on the night in question. But given lightning will strike me if I ever set foot in a church again, I'd figured the singing with other people bit of my life was gone aside from a bit of karaoke. But then a mate of mine invited me out to the Wellington Sea Shanty Society when yes. they were on tour here in Auckland. Yes. yes. The people who documented the existence of the Weller Man. We went to the Fridge and Flagon, walked in, got a beer and a songbook, then raucously sung along with shanties all night. It was like being in a drunken blur of the best bits of Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which everyone <laughs> just played for the fucking sea shanties anyhow. Such a good night. Go find a sea shanty group guy. It'll very much refill that bit of your sad, bitter little soul. Keep on keeping on until the Weller Man comes and say my name, AJ. P.S. Check out their albums. That's what I call sea shanties one. And that's what I call sea shanties two. Fucking great drinking night music. That rocks. I love that. For multiple reasons, not least of which because I run a comedy gig at that very venue. I thought Hump it, comedy. That's right. I thought that was a um, familiar memory. Mm, the old fridge and flagon. Boy, I hope they survive. <sighs> Let's talk about them for a second. They're an interesting venue because they're. Um, I think. I think what's happening around they're, they're like they're this one bar surrounded by. Huge earthworks and basically just a gravel pit now. They're pretty close to the central city. They're not like far out of town whatsoever. They're pretty. They're in Eden Terrace, which is a, sort of the inner ring just outside the CBD. Right now, Auckland, in its infinite wisdom, has decided, you know what we should have done 100 years ago? Build some sort of metropolitan rail network to get people from woe to go. What if we what if we did it now on top of the city that we've already built? So our council, God bless him, has been engaged in a uh, lengthy and expensive and dramatic and impressive process of buying houses that are overpriced, bulldozing those houses, and then putting tunnels under them. And um, it's it's been a pretty trippy thing to watch unfold over the years. And right now. Fridge and Flagon, this venue, this awesome, they're like a craft brew place that takes their, their beer very, very fucking seriously and apparently hosts sea shanties and definitely some choice comedy nights. They're just sitting in the middle of this desolate Mad Max-looking scene. Yeah. And they're this one oasis of good times. And I tell you what, it makes it pretty hard to get foot traffic when you're in that situation. That's it why they have so many events. It absolutely does. It's just a brutal... I don't know. Circumstance is so brutal all the time, isn't it? It's also like it, it's. I think about it often when I've been going for runs during lockdown. And you, you know, like Auckland is a city as many as many big cities or aspiring big cities are, which feels like it's constantly under very intense infrastructure like renovations. You know, it's there's an ocean of orange cones and like you know blocked lanes. Cranes. 
cranes everywhere. Yeah. And it's just one of life's cruel little ironies that it's like, do you know what would be a great time to fucking get a lot of this stuff done is when no one is allowed to commute anywhere and we're all in our houses. And do you know what is illegal while we're all in our houses and no one's allowed to commute anywhere? Working on these projects. Yeah, man. That would have been great if they could have done it right now while we're all locked down. Oh, well. Oh, well. Sist la baby. Hey, boys. No, hold on. Before you start that, pitch me a cartoon. Go. Okay. It's about three cats who all live in the same Uh cul-de-sac. One of them is like a pampered house cat. One of them is a stray kitten. Oh, yeah. And the other one is like a sort of, um, it's a very grand old cat who sort of has seen everything before and and knows the lay of the land. And the, the grand old and cat's it, actually watching the neighborhood uh, get gentrified, perhaps. Like like an old Deuteronomy style cat. Yeah. And um, they all like uh, meet up and sing songs and shit. Nah, they don't sing songs and shit. The, the, basically, the the premise is um, the 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 sort of launching point for the first episode and the arc of the first season is uh, there's there's a lot of rough stray dogs in the neighbourhood, and um, these cats are trying to strategize how they can um, not eliminate but like neutralize the fear of the dogs, and it sort of eventually just becomes this um. There's a lot of capers, you know. They set up all these booby traps and hilarious sort of Rube Goldberg-style pratfalls for the dogs. But the cats have their own internal politics and problems, and, you know, there's – um, it's – yeah. What's it called, Guy? Cats vs. Dogs? Uh, no, it's called Cats Meow. <laughs> Savior of the cul-de-sac. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You put me I on the spot. I absolutely love it. You did great. Thank you. I felt like I was under pressure. Oh, He's just for my looking uh, out his window. My lovely girlfriend walking up a, a little drive, wearing a lime green shirt. Fantastic. I just haven't seen that lime green shirt for a long time, and I was like, "God damn!" It's important to appreciate the little things in life. That's right. Now, are you ready? Now. To the grisly business of this next email, which I know full well ahead of time without having seen it or knowing anything about it, it's going to be the worst goddamn thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, you're not. So go on, guy. It does start. Hit me with this shit. It does start by addressing me and me alone. Your instincts are, as always, impeccable. Guy, guy, wanted to finally message you regarding Norm. You were literally one of the first people I thought of when I heard the awful news. I was also quite rattled by Norm's passing. I'd first seen him on a JFL special in Montreal pre-SNL and I think 1990, and I've loved his work ever since. I actually wrote a long, rambling message but then deleted it because I wasn't sure how hard his death had hit you. I, too, spent most of the last weekend in Norm's company, particularly Sunday evening when my family went out to a dinner I had to miss due to having a cold. So instead... I ate a generous dose of edibles and discovered a series of videos on YouTube that I had never uh, that have every appearance nor made on Letterman in order. It was incredible. Also, you might remember I messaged you that my boy Ben has gotten into watching your stand up on YouTube and he loves your work. 
So I got him hooked on Norm 2. Actually, last night, we even watched Hitler's dog with him. We're not terrible parents. He's 13, but we had forgotten how much sexuality and swearing were in it. Also, we just smoked weed in front of him for the first time, which was kind of weird. <laughs> Maybe we are bad parents? <laughs> anyway, all this to say that I totally agree about his choice to face death on his terms and the incredible trove of comedy he left for us. He was an exceptional man and the world was a better place for having him in it. Thanks for sharing your thoughts and memories. You go right ahead and say my name. And that is from Chris, friend of the podcast. Chris. Friend of Guy Montgomery, let's specify. That's right. Um, well, I mean, I appreciate the heartfelt correspondence. Uh, I would also love to get into, Tim, what you make of uh, this this man ranking his own parenting efforts. They watched a comedy special with their 13-year-old son. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's a totally reasonable thing to do. They smoked weed in front of their 13-year-old son. I would argue, actually responsible and all good i don't mean to be obtuse but this is none of my business this email was not addressed to me i know but it was addressed to me and i'm asking for your opinion well i shan't give it fair enough i think i often wonder about that because i uh will often drink a beer in front of olive and not really think twice about it but i will never smoke weed in front of olive nor be stoned around or in front of olive and it's sort of an interesting point of delineation where it's like, you know, the reason that I'm okay with one of them is because uh, there's a huge amount of anti-weed propaganda that got it made illegal a long time ago, and that never happened with alcohol. Perhaps, but how much does weed affect you versus having one beer? Uh, it's a good question. Honestly, the way I smoke weed at the moment is probably roughly the same. Get a get a bucket of water. Step one, get a bucket of water. Yeah, step two, cut get the a end big... off a big plastic Coca-Cola bottle. <laughs> step yeah. three, pack a cone piece with the largest amount of weed you can manage. Like I I I um have I enjoy both of these things, but I've limit I've stripped it back to such, you know, ludicrous amounts of moderation that it's like all I really want is to feel ticklish but also functional. Um, but I mean, I agree with your point. I don't. I think my inclination in terms of my physiolo- my chem- chemical response to being stoned is probably I would regard myself as a less reliable parent than if I just had one beer. But that's just me. That's my body. I've got an email for you. All right, and we'd probably better put a pin in it after this one. Eh? All right, mate. All right, dear Timist. No, it actually says dearest Tim and Guy. In the before times, I was studying biology at LMU in Los Angeles. I have since had to move back home to Phoenix, Arizona. As a junior, the thing I missed most about my college career was smoking with some friends and talking for hours. Well, the emergency episode of Death Blart prompted me to go back and finally listen to the worst idea of all time, and I'm happy to say that you boys filled that missing part of my life wonderfully. Going out into the patio to, quote, hang out with my podcast friends, became a hugely comforting part of my routine. Sitting outside at 4am smoking a bowl while listening to your latest theories about Steve Buscemi or Braden the, the Rat King. You combine a couple of things into this. Braden cool. the Rat King uh, is not a bad idea. Powerful enemy. Yeah. Always a warlock me, who has power over all rats. 
always brought me back to my friend's apartment in Los Angeles, and I can't thank y'all enough for that. 4 a.m. because I became nocturnal in order to avoid the 45-degree daytime heat. Love the current season and love y'all. Aiden Burnett, yes, you can say my name. P.S. I have since added myself to your lovely trans listenership. Say my name, Anthea Lavender Burnett. Fantastic to hear. Anthea, welcome to the listenership. We appreciate your correspondence. You've inspired me to look up LMU. Guess what it's uh, the LMU stands for, Tim? Uh, L. Learning. Yeah. M. My. You. Universe. Well, I didn't actually think you'd get it. That is exactly right. Uh, so hopefully either you can do online correspondence with Learning My Universe or you can physically get back to campus sometime soon. But... um. Either way, go Tigers. By all accounts, yeah, it's an incredible <laughs> university. Anthea, I'm so stoked that you're listening to us at four in the morning while smoking a bowl. There's something so like romantic about that image to me. Like, I fucking miss Los Angeles. We 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 kind of averaged out going once a year, <laughs> I reckon, for four years. And I think you'd you know you'd been more often than me, guy, but. It's a cool place. When you say, I love the fact that when you go in winter, it's just like a beautiful temp all the time and there's so much to do man, and it's exciting. Tim, my friend, um, like, you know, when you say you miss Los Angeles, I couldn't agree more. And it's like Los Angeles just represents the world at large. It's, I miss uh, everyone and everywhere. Right. A somewhat somber note to end the friend zone on. Uh, yeah, it is. Have you written any jokes lately? Do you think of funny it, thoughts? Dude, none. I have like taken that out of my uh, rotation of things to do at the moment. Here's what I'm up to right now. Feeding a bottle of breast milk to a little baby. Changing some nappies. Uh, that's most of it. Nice. That's most of it. And it's all right. Don't mind it. Yeah, I feel like you'd be a you'd be a bloody natural at it. Oh, thanks, guy. Who's to say? Who's to say how messed up this kid will be? Remy, in thirty years' time. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, this is Tim Bat. Whether you address your correspondence to me or not, I love you. Oh, you really took I, that. Really took that personally. And I care about you. Uh, I'd hasten to. To wager that I care about you more than Guy does. Yeah, but what the... I'm your real dad. What the fuck would you know? Thanks for listening. Keep the messages coming in. We're on Facebook at The Worst Idea of All Time. We're on Twitter at Twiwet Pod. We're on uh, Patreon. We're on Tim's email. Do you know the URL for the Patreon? Pardon? Do you know the URL for the Patreon? I think it's just Twiwet. I think it's T-W-I-O-A-T. Patreon.com forward slash Twiwat. We're on Reddit. Not, we are on not Reddit. Not that I know about that. We're on Discord. I do. I am heavily in that sub. I'm actually looking at getting into Reddit. Mainly as a lurker, but every now and then if I see something you know relevant that needs my attention, I'll jump in my alt account, which has my name on it, and 
reply. I've made an account um, under my own name to follow uh, cricket, fantasy football, and running, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking of expanding my interests. Good on you. Thanks, dude. Love you, Tim. Love you, guy. Love you, listener. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.